Monday night, sweep the league night. It's Rudy. It's The Rock. It's Stats. Shamaya on the beats. He's probably running a little bit late today. He'll try to join us. Derek's got his show, the D. Gervin Big Mo Show, live tonight on Facebook, which it is every single Monday night. And it is at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's about to start here in just under an hour. That is Derek Gervin, Paul McKeskey, Ricky Hampton, the D. Gervin Big Mo Show. This is Sweep the League. Shout out to Candice, who joined us in the Zoom, but her baby boy got sick tonight. So she's on mommy duty. She did join us in the Zoom to wish us the best of luck on tonight's show because it's going to be a son of a bee tonight with all the talk that we've got going on. I, I normally ask you guys how y'all's weekend was, but considering the fact that the Cowboys are still undefeated under Rush and Mark's Buccaneers decided to cheat and get a win over my Atlanta Falcons, I'm sure y'all's weekend was fantabulous. Am I correct? Hell yeah. It was a good weekend. Pretty much. And then Rock's on a high because of the OU Texas game, the OU Red Raider shootout. Yes, sir. 709. What time is it? 709 yeah. and OU still sucks. Well, you really can't, like, you really can't spell blowout without what? <laughs> OU, <Right>? OU, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I heard they missed the plane to get to the game. I. I don't even think they were in the uh, what is it, the Cotton Bowl, right? They weren't even in the Cotton Bowl. Nah, dude. They, they, I saw a JV team out there, man. They got their ass whooped. Wow. Shout out to the Longhorns. And Ewers is back. It made the big difference. Now, if he plays the entire year, are we talking, what, 5-0 and undefeated? Nah, I'm not on that bandwagon. I honestly think they go down toe-to-toe with Bama, but it's, it's Bama. And with Bryce Young, you saw him turn up. I just think they lose a close one to Bama, which I wouldn't be mad about because I had predicted they'd lose, but there's no way they fucking lose a tech. But wait a minute. Okay, so the Bama game. Uh-huh. Okay, Ewers, yeah, he was out. He was injured, obviously, in that game. That's where he got injured. But there was a bad call at the end that kind of cost the horns. Oh, yeah. let's, oh. not, let's not sugarcoat that. Mm-hmm. There was a Tom Brady call at the end there that really cost the horns that game. Mm-hmm. You're definitely just like, right. Just like Tom Brady's bullshit yesterday where he got sacked, he cried, and the refs decided let's throw a flag, keep the drive alive, and let's give the Buccaneers a win. You can't say I'm lying, Stats. You can't give me the shit that I'm lying. You saw it just like I I did. I mean, it is what it is. It was a close game. How did I know at 8 o'clock this morning your ass was going to come to me and say, you know what, a win's a win. It is what it is. That is typical (laughs) Tom Brady fandom there, man. God, that is horrible. Horrible. Not as bad as a Draymond Green punch to the face. Oh, But it is horrible. That was a a kick in the nuts. But speaking of Draymond and Jordan Poole, guys, what do you think of that? Because... Draymond gets away with a lot of shit. Let's be honest, man. He really does. Punch, that sucker punch. Well, okay, first off, was it a sucker punch? I call it a sucker punch. You get in a man's face, Jordan Poole pushed him back, and then you come and just cold cocked him. Mm-hmm. You really don't expect that from a teammate at all. I know it happens, but you don't expect it. Was that a sucker punch? Thousand percent. Yeah, I think it was too. 
just very unnecessary. A heck of a right hand, though. I mean, not saying what he did was was right, but heck of a right hand. Yeah, that boy just got knocked out. But I, I just feel bad more because uh, for Pool, I mean, it's I, I see on Twitter people are like, oh, look at Pool doing this, look at Pool doing that. And they're acting like this guy was hiding after he got punched. You know, this guy is not under distress or anything. He's just going to go hoop. You got punched and you're not going to go hide in the jungle or hide, in, hide across the road just because you got punched. But it just feels like there's extra media coverage that's not needed on Jordan Poole right now. So leaking that practice video, though. Yeah. Okay, so people got all up in arms over that shit, and I I totally get that. But go way back, man. I mean, if you want to talk about don't leak any practice video, what about the Bobby Knight incident? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was leaked. Yeah. And, I mean... You, you, that's what I'm saying. These days, the eye in the sky is everywhere, man. Somebody's going to record it. Somebody's going to let it leak. I guarantee you, if it was a ball boy that leaked that out, he probably made a hell of a lot more money than he is ever going to make being a ball boy for an NBA squad. Dude, yeah, supposedly he, um, people are saying that TMZ paid him like up to $2 million for that video. <laughs> if you want video from my phone, uh, something like that, and you offer me $2 million, Take the damn phone. I'll go get me yeah. another one. <laughs> For real. Here's I mean, my code. Take I it. Like, here's my direct deposit information, man. Yeah. Be sure the money is first wired in, and then you can have every video, even Rock's only fans on his phone. You can have whatever you yep. want. Doesn't matter for that $2 million. I'm going yeah. off the grid, too. You're going, yeah, off the grid for sure, man. Yeah. yeah. But overall, that's punishment for green. I mean, there's... You think there's more of a punishment that we're going to see coming out from the league at least? Um, probably, but I don't think he's done with the team. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are just one of those organizations that find a way around drama. They seem to figure it out. It remind me a lot of the San Francisco 49ers uh, with how the organization has dealt with internal drama and issues and conflict. They just somehow find a way to resolve things and figure it out. So I can still see green as a warrior, but um, I've seen a lot of uh, arguments as to why, I mean, of course what he did was bad, but um, like logical reasons for the warriors moving on from him. I mean, Draymond's got to be careful here. He's on the wrong side of his mid thirties. His numbers have dipped uh, over the past years. He's got to be careful because this team honestly doesn't need him. Um, And it don't get me wrong. What he provides to the team is grit. He is the, the attitude, the fire, he's the fire of the team. He's the spine of the team. Um, but he has to be a little bit careful because, uh, and he still hasn't, again, like Shemaya and I on Baller Boys podcast, we've, we've been dogging him about him just not improving his three-point shooting and not getting consistent at it because I feel, I feel like he has a responsibility to his team to improve and grow as a threat and as a weapon. And it would open up the floor even more as if that team wasn't already dangerous enough. But uh, uh, yeah, he, he does need to be punished, I think, by the league. But um, I don't think he's done with the Warriors. And the Warriors came out and said that we're going to punish him internally and figure things out. But I wouldn't be surprised if the NBA took action and there should be a fine involved. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they really don't need him. I don't... There's nothing outside of what you said, maybe like, okay, so he brings a certain fire to the team. But if you look at the overall picture, I mean, you're right. His numbers have dipped. They're not great anymore. I mean, they never were great to begin with. Let's be real. He's this is the part of thing that I've got to ask, because it, it really weighed on my mind thinking about Draymond Green. Is he overrated as a defender? 
Ooh. Because well, that's all he that's all he gets credit for is yeah, being one of the he, league's best defenders. Yeah. Um, and I think in that sense, you have to credit him for being up there. But again, is he overrated? I've always thought Draymond Green was overrated in general as a player. Um, Good point. Again, it, it, and it's not even just what we're seeing on the floor, but his character as well. And of course, this past incident doesn't help his character. But Rudy, the man has had years to improve his three-point shooting, to be consistent. And it's it's almost it's, – it, you, you see it on the floor. Teams want him to shoot the three. They, they're daring him. They're letting him. They're giving him space to shoot threes because he's, he's like, all right, it's a 50-50 ball, maybe even a 40-60 ball, like 60% chance he's going to miss it. Just let him chug it. We'll get the rebound, go, and capitalize on the other end. So he – like so we say, he doesn't make the team any better – He's not improving his shot. He's not doing anything good, like, at all. Rocky, do you want to chime in here? Yeah, I was saying the only thing I, that relatively Green's good for is, you know, even though this whole incident happened, but I guess you could say he's good as a, in the terms as a leader, you know, before this whole thing happened in his antics, you know, beyond that, you know, in a leader, you know, helping, you know, that, that lead those young guys and show them how the standard is in a sense. But he's a really smart player. But the way I see it from those people saying that he needs to get off the team is like, who's willing to trade for him? You know, he's going to want to get paid. And it's like y'all said, and I agree with y'all, you know, what does he really bring to the floor besides effort and his IQ? I mean, he's an NBA, so obviously he has the talent. But I mean, you see those NBA players that don't really necessarily bring anything. Does he really put a team over the hump? Probably not. But I mean, he fits the Golden State Warriors system. Mm -hmm. And you have to look, you have to think about it. Is it, is he good because of the system or is he good because of the player? Well, I think his defense is is legitimately solid. Like he is up there as one of the better defenders. He can cover every position. Um, So we have to give him credit where credit is due in that department, but he is overrated. And uh, I know I've seen a lot of supporters of him come out of his game and don't get me wrong. He does a lot of the little things and, things that don't pop out too much on the stat sheet, but uh, there are times where he's a real liability. And uh, I, again, I just, I keep going back to him just refusing to create a consistent three-point shot, develop a consistent three-point shot, because that, that is what the team lives and dies by. Like Steph Curry, Clay, if you're a power forward who plays good defense, who can shoot a consistent three on a nightly basis, that is huge for what you do for the rest of the team. And he hasn't done that. And that's, that's, a character thing that has bothered me with him for years. Yeah. I, it's just some kind of thing that I'm looking at. Like, I don't, it's hard to say, okay, so he's one of the better defenders in the league. I totally get that. That's by other people's, you know, I guess standards. Yeah. I guess if you're looking at the league in general, there aren't too many great defenders. I mean, what Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Kawhi Leonard, you know, those guys are healthy, great, great defenders. I mean, you've got guys that are great defenders, even though DeJounte Murray out there, he's a really good defender. It's like Draymond Green, okay, you're a good defender, but I've always felt, man, overall, as a player, yeah, stats is right, you're overrated. But even as just a defender, I still look at it like, I mean, even as a defender, God, it's it just doesn't fit with me even as a defender that he's still, you know, one of the best defenders in the league. I still don't buy that. I mean, maybe at one point, yeah, you had a great year. You were a great defender for a couple of years, you know, but outside of like right now, no, I don't see it at all, at all. So we'll see what happens with Draymond Green and if the uh, Warriors do come down as well as the league coming down. This is Sweep the League every single Monday night. We bring you Sweep the League. It's myself, it's Rock, it's Shamaya on the beats, it's Stats. Derek Gervin and Kenny Savila when they are on 
Uh, don't forget, guys, Baller Boys podcast. That is every single Tuesday with Stats and Shamaya. They dropped all the knowledge you need as far as basketball, sports in general. Big, God, I said it wrong, guys. D. Gervin, big motion. I was going to go backwards on that one. You, you D. Gerv- go- yeah, <laughs> big D. D. <laughs> big D. That was been horrible. Big D. D. Gervin, big <laughs> show every single Monday night on Facebook. They're live at 8 p.m. Eastern. Catch it as the best show on Monday nights on Facebook. Last but not least, man, you got Shamaya on the beats, SOTB radio. You got you to gotta hook up on that. Great music being played. Every single time on Shemai on the Beat Radio. Last but not least, man, I'm Refocus Radio. Hey, you don't believe me that it's probably the best podcast out there? I'm going to give you another reason why. Recently, Shemaya had an interview with Tamara Maui Housley. Name sounds familiar. Tamara Mousley. Yeah, yeah. Where? Sister, sister. Tia and Tamara, man. This is a massive interview. I listened to it. Super, super awesome interview. Another great one by Shemaya and I'm Refocus Radio. All these podcasts available for you wherever podcasts are. Speaking of Shamaya, what's up, Shamaya? You are joining us now, man. You doing all right, brother? Yeah, I'm literally, man. I'm literally making music, dude. Like this music stuff is taking off uh, in yeah. good way. So yeah, and you you mentioned Tamara. I'm still pitching myself. Uh, I kept thinking about that interview until that day came. Mm-hmm. And I knew about a week and a half before it was even going to happen. All I can say is I'm still pinching myself. Now, that's the childhood memory. You know, everyone knows the famous line, go home, Roger. You know, so it's like, it's yeah. bananas. I'm blessed. I'm happy. And uh, that's probably my one of my favorite interviews uh, to this day. So definitely uh, amazing time. Yeah, man. And you also did some stuff recently with the former guest on Sweep the League, uh, Rain Fernandez, Simply Rain, man. I saw that going around. I mean, you're you're doing a lot of stuff, dude, a lot of stuff. And of course, I've always told you, hey, Sweep the League is here, but music's up there for you, man. Music's going to take you everywhere. But congrats on everything, dude. That Tamara interview. Whew, I, I'm jealous of you, man, because you're right. Childhood memories right there. Big time childhood memories. I had to ask myself in my head, am I actually doing this interview right now? That's how crazy it was. Because I'm like, yo, I'm literally talking. And what's cool is you get to talk to them for like 10 seconds before you start because everything's on a tight schedule when they do their radio tour. And for her just to be down to earth, man, I'm like, wow. I'm expecting her to be like kind of like short and sweet and kind of like okay let's you know the drill let's just get this done no she had like she was like a sister you know she was just like so down to earth and just makes me like i'm just excited you know like just be able to do something like that it's an honor but to recognize someone who is just really down to earth and make you feel like a human being is is even better that was amazing, dude. I'm I'm know you're gonna get a lot more stuff coming up from Miami Focus Radio. Guys, go and subscribe to I Am Refocused Radio. Bunch of great interviews out there. This is Sweep the League. We we started sweeping the league to begin with with Draymond Green, you know, made it Tom Brady, you know, not a joke because it's not a joke. Tom Brady's a fool. I don't like Tom Brady anymore. Not because they beat the Falcons, but because Tom Brady it's just terrible. I'm tired of Tom Brady. He guy should have retired. You know what? I feel for him. He's going through a divorce. I mean, yeah, it's a tough. Is time. he like the old gum that you need to spit out because it's yeah. lost its flavor? <laughs> lost its flavor. Yeah, he is. He's 
He's like that. You know what? Tom Brady is the uh, the boxers you have that are all holes and you just don't want to get rid of them. You can't get rid of them. Just throw them out, man. Just get rid of them. I mean, it, it's I'm glad this is probably going to be his last year. I know he's going through a divorce, but I, I don't care. You don't make a call like that, you know, to, to and it changes the outcome of the game. How many times is Tom going to get this call? The tuck rule was made because of what? It was a whole Tom Brady thing. There's times he's been sacked oh God. just normally, man. And I hear the old God in the background, but there's times the guy is just sacked like every other quarterback, and it's a flag. I mean, it's not just yesterday, but it's other times. You guys got to explain to me, why in the hell is Tom Brady protected? I mean... We saw Tua get it's, it's slammed. Part of his insurance. It's his he, insurance plan. He has the premium that he's really taking in full effect right now. That's okay. what it is. So, so I, 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 I was, I was saying, oh god, Rudy, because the tuck rule is absolutely stupid. You're absolutely correct there, because yeah. for the longest time, I didn't. I, I do like the Bills as well, and Brady was the Bill killer forever. So, yeah. um, that always pissed me off. So the tuck rule is absolute garbage. But yeah, I don't think people should have favoritism either. Uh, my my thinking is um, the NFL sees Brady as this feeble old man, so they got to protect him a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? <laughs> but why do you protect him? I know he's, okay, he, so he's the all-time, you know, what, winning his quarterback, Super Bowl quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I get that. But outside of that, let's go through this shit. He's, he's a crybaby, first off. You've... You've got the tuck rule that happened. I mean, he has screwed over more people than I have ever known because let's not let's not forget um the flake gate. I mean, yeah, there was, you know, issues with that. And then he, you know, threw away his cell phone or whatever. Oh, I got the messages off. You got you can call bullshit because your service provider can bring up all the text messages or whatever. I don't care. But You've got deflated. You got all this shit that Brady's done through the NFL, and what has he gotten? No more than what a slap on the wrist a lot of times. Where other players like, oh, I don't know, Tank Falcon Calvin Ridley decides to bet on a couple of games, and he's banished for a year. I mean, what what's more serious, cheating the actual game of football that you're playing in? Or betting that your team's going to lose because, hey, you're the Falcons and you suck. You know they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So what's worse? Uh, I, I mean, both hey, are don't bad. Give me your Dak Prescott bullshit, Rock. I'm not uh, no, I was saying both are bad, but I guess the reason why the cheating looks worse is because it ruins, even though you've been on your team, the integrity of the game. And like, I guess people are going to say that you have more inside info than someone else, so then it's not fair to the average person. And I guess the NFL really doesn't want to get involved in that in the, with that image that their own players gamble. So that's why they kind of made it a bigger deal. I could have swore Tim Donahue was refing yesterday, Bucks Falcons game. <laughs> well, so that ref that that called it, he said after <laughs> he said that he called it because it was the I think like, the act of it made it seem like he threw him like really viciously on the ground. And I, and I saw and I saw the tackle. I mean, it looked like a normal you know tackle. But I guess just because of the whole, you know, and you know, lately with the news with the Tua thing, and then you saw Chris Olave get hurt yesterday, and then Teddy Bridgewater get hurt. But I guess in a sense they said it was dangerous because they looked like he, he threw him to the ground really hard. They said Bridgewater's hurt every year, though. I mean, yeah. we can't really 
we can't really deny that. Yeah. I mean, Bridgewater gets hurt. Didn't no, get thrown that hard, man. I saw the replay exactly. in slow motion. No, yeah, yeah. But I, I this think guy. <laughs> no, go ahead, Brad. I was saying, I also think it's because he's older and he's nimble. So I guess they, like y'all said, Thank they you. want to protect him. <laughs> Okay, so if you're old and if you're older, why the hell are you in the league still? You're playing in the league with young guys. It's definition of privilege because why why is Jason Crosby in the league? If it was Lamar, okay, they'll they'll throw him off the bleachers and be like, it wasn't that hard. But since it's Tom, since it's Tom, it's like someone look at him the wrong way. Oh, that's a little (laughs) bit rude. Exactly, and you ask Mason Crosby. He's a damn kicker. I mean, hey, man, it, it, you're kicking. You're the chances of you getting hurt as a kicker is it's not great. Like you're you're gonna be okay unless you get blindsided like that fat kicker from Penn State did a few years back a few times where he thought he was Mr. Macho and he got blindsided all the time by these players and then he started laying on the ground crying because he got blindsided. But kickers are okay, dude. This is Tom Brady. The object of the game is to get the ball. If Tom Brady has the ball, this isn't two-hand touch or grab ass. This is get the damn ball and tackle Tom Brady if he has the ball. So you you mean to tell me that because he's old, it's okay to make that kind of tackle on Josh Allen or like, you know, Shemaya said, Lamar Jackson – but we don't want to make that tackle on Tom Brady, but it's okay for Aaron Rodgers because I've seen Rodgers take way worse sacks than that, and there's no flag. Is okay. it okay if he retires early? Like, is that even possible? He can. He's got to pay for a divorce now. I yeah, say well, he should count his losses and maybe maybe rebuild his marriage. <laughs> wow, can you talk? His marriage. <laughs> yeah. They, I, I just feel like I hate to see him go out like this, man. I don't care. Screw him. Well, I mean, well, okay. So we, we can't count out the Buccaneers yet. Um, they're they're going to be in the playoffs first. Oh, but yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. That's I a mean, homework talking been. right there, people. Yeah. Okay. Let me just. No, it's, it's true. Come <laughs> on, play, Rudy. Come on. Ru- hey, Rudy. By the way, I just looked at the sack. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, the Falcons got screwed. <laughs> there we they go. got absolutely screwed. No, yeah, yeah. I'm on your side on that one. And yeah. the Bills are going to win a championship. So I just want to get out there real quick. Oh yeah, Josh Allen's gonna win the MVP, man. They sure are. They're fantastic. They should be five and zero, oh, actually. What do you got? What do you got to say, Staz? You were trying to make a point on that. Oh no, uh, no, I agree with you, man. I uh, like as far as the the sack, like the the call on that. Yeah, that's dumb. It was a normal sack. So, um, yeah, I was I was just saying that I was siding with you on that one. I, I I get the protection of players. I don't I don't want no players to be hurt. I am a hundred percent. You know. I'm 100% in protecting the players. I, I, I didn't. I played football for a little bit. I didn't play for a long time because I really just. I, I will. Let's be real. I was dumb in high school. I didn't really couldn't pass any classes or anything because I didn't really care. So, my football career in high school was really nothing. I didn't really like football that much. Playing it, I was a basketball guy. But I, I really, I really truly want to protect the players. But there's only so much you can do to not show that you're favoriting favorite favoriting another player because the same hits that happen. I mean, we saw Tua go down on that hit. Was there a flag on that? No, it wasn't a flag. 
We've seen players get knocked around with no flag. Uh, quarterbacks at that, not regular players, quarterbacks. And it just seems like with Brady, it just like if you breathe on him and you had other players saying that you had coaches, announcers saying that, that it was the absolute worst call they've ever seen. And that's what I'm trying to figure out with you guys. Like you should wear some flags. That's what you should do. <laughs> no more tackles. Just pull the flag. It could it's, be worse. He could, he, he could be wearing a shirt that says, don't sack me. He could he could be wearing the the red jersey the red practice jersey. Oh gosh, well he is wearing a red jersey actually. Well, he is, yeah. It can't be. They can't take it. It's funny too because uh, after after the game they asked him about it and his response was, "I don't call. I'm not the one that calls the flags." And that was like the most Brady response I've ever heard. But he's the first one to complain. Yeah. You saw him look at the ref afterwards. Hey, you're not oh, going to call was, that? You're not going to call that? Yeah, he was arguing with the ref about calling that, and they throw the flag. Like, like didn't I damn page you enough? <laughs> but let's not forget that, you know, um, Brady kicked him on the very first play of the game. No flag, no nothing, just a straight kick. And I'm like, okay, so what is that? It goes back to just Tom being Tom. I mean, good thing, like I said, we only got him for probably this season. I doubt he comes back next year. I mean, if he does, then I have absolutely no idea what to expect from the league uh, other than they just need to they just need to change the NFL logo to Tom Brady. I mean, he is. If he the becomes league. an announcer, primetime. God. And, he just takes know, over everyone's job. <laughs> you, know, you, you know who actually could use the protection? Is Matthew Stafford? I, I'm I'm convinced that guy is gonna get hurt and just miss. <laughs> Jesus, dude, come, dude. Have you seen every like second yeah. I see that man? He's getting sacked. He it reminds me of Pop Popkey from uh, Necessary Roughness. Was like blow the whistle, blow the whistle, dude. Like, like Stafford is so much more likable than Brady. Like, and you see this poor man getting sacked like every second on the field. Oh, he getting crushed. Yeah, man. It's Compared kind of to amazing. Tom Brady's standards, it's kind of amazing. He's not on IR yet, you know. Like, I hope not. I haven't, been, I haven't been fantasy football. Mm-hmm. He's like my only quarterback. I drafted late quarterback on that one. Jeez. Apparently, yeah. Detroit has some in fantasy too. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Rudy, I started. Uh, I started Bridgewater in two leagues. I had. I started Bridgewater in one league, and I switched him out for Stafford in that league. So I didn't really gain. Oh. Much in that. Speaking of, and for fantasy purposes, I'd like to congratulate Stash for beating me in the dynasty league that we're in. Um, that's probably victory, man. That was my only victory this week. I lost every other league. Well, I'm glad I could be your only victory this week. I should have cut your mic a long time ago for that, but I'm gonna let it slide this week because I ended up beating Rock in the other dynasty. Oh, you beat me pretty good. And you know what, Rock says. He texts me, you're going to kick my ass this week because I have to start Kenneth Walker Jr. Yeah, Kenneth Walker Jr. was the best player on his team. Yeah, he was. Starting him. Now he's going to be starting for the rest of the season because poor Rashad Penny. Just exactly. Hurt. That's yeah. why when I drafted Rashad Penny in the other leagues, I took Kenneth Walker Jr. because Rashad Penny is injury prone, man. He's uh-huh. Austin Eckler. He's all these other guys that get injured every single year. So yeah, prayers up to him though, man. I mean, it, that's just so unfortunate having to go through it every season, man. It is. It is. And you know what sucks about injuries is that you lose your job. 
like one Dak Prescott, who we are still talking about with the whole Dak and Rush. Now, again, I, I, I got to stress, I'm not saying Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. All I've ever said, and shout out to James Espinosa uh, with the keys out in Corpus Christi. He's got a radio show every single Sunday, uh, the Sports Rush, Sunday Sports Rush from 9 to 11, I believe, in Corpus Christi. He he's what he's the guy that said if you believe Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott, you're stupid. And I can't take your sports stakes at all. Like I can't take him serious. I get why he says that. But when I'm saying that I'm not saying Cooper is better than Dak, all I said, and I told him too, I just see that the team is rejuvenated under Cooper Rush. It's a different vibe. We talked about it last week. It's a different vibe. It's a different team. Yes, and he brought it up to my point. The offense sucks. It's horrible. Cup only, what, completed 10 passes yesterday. You know, I mean, the offense sucked. And again, I totally get that. I really do. But the team in general just looks happier, just looks more fluid under rush. Now, if you were to get Dak back, and you have a lethargic team on the offensive side, can you technically say that you need to put Cooper back in there? Isn't it the the Shane Falco thing? Like, you have Shane Falco who, I mean, Cooper Rush is no, no better than Shane Falco, to be honest. I know it's a fake-ass name, but who cares? I mean, but when they brought in what's-his-face to replace Falco back, the team sucked. Uh-huh. That's kind of the where I'm trying to get at with most of these guys. It's like, I'm not saying Cooper's better. I'm just saying the team looks better under Cooper. And I'm gonna let I want you guys to jump in. This is all y'all's topic here. Because I want you guys to settle the debate here. What does the Cowboys do? Because we're about two weeks away from Dak coming back. Um, I can go first, but uh going off your comment about the rejuvenation, I kind of I, I agree. But I also I also want to bring in what Terry Bradshaw said, where he gave credit to the coaches for getting his getting his team together and the players to rally around Cooper Rush. That dude's gonna uh, go broke, by the way, with win Terry's money. But go ahead. <laughs> but no, I, I just feel like they look so seamlessly happy because they're really rallying around Cooper Rush. Because whenever your leader of your team goes down, there's two things you can do. You know, you can rally around it. Or you can just mope around and just you know face the fact and think, well, we're not we're, we're without our best players, so we're gonna suck. But no, you know the coach prepared the players and the players have took it to the challenge that they want to rally around Cooper Rush, and you can see them moving seamlessly. But also credit to Kellen Moore, you know, simplifying the offense, getting him to running the ball back, and not having putting Rush in those situations. But I mean, Rush does look good, and he has been not making any mistakes, which is very good. But also the defense, man. I mean, this defense has looked crazy good. And I don't, I, I know, I don't want to, you know, bite my tongue, but I mean, dude, like people are talking that it's another like doomsday defense, like 4.0 in a sense, but I think the most credit you have to give to is Dan Quinn. You can just see these players love playing for him, and they just have them flying over the field. But if Dak stayed in and he played, you know, lethargic like you said, you might have to switch it back, and that's just going to be a big controversy in itself. But I mean, I just feel like the Cowboys don't need that drama, and they're ready for Dak to come back. I, I, I don't know, man. I can't really comment much more. I have no idea. I'm at loss because you've got Cowboy. You got cowboy fandom, social media, Twitter. It's a long ass thing, but that's what I'm calling it because I can't use cowboy Twitter because we have Spurs Twitter. So you have cowboy fandom, social media, Twitter, 
bitching because they're winning, but they're bitching because all you Cooper Rush guys, he's not better than Dak, and y'all need to shut up because that's stupid. When Dak comes back, this offense is going to be even better. Has that been proven so far? I'm, I'm looking at you, Stats, and Shemaya. Has offense under Dak, with the exception of that one year where they had a brilliant offense, and it was just – I think that was the year they lost to Green Bay on that, you know, ungodly throw by Aaron Rodgers. But have have they looked any better under Dak? Seriously? Shemaya, you want to go? I'll make the short and sweet. Cowboy Nation sounds like Detroit fans. They're just on a sugar high right now. And they don't understand that. Here's the thing. Dak is better than than Rush, period. All right? But if you ask me who's performing better, I mean, last time I checked, Dak was healthy in the beginning of the season. I think Cooper is doing what he should be doing at the moment. And to make this very short and sweet, I think he's the quarterback that should be playing in the Eagles game, period. No questions. Dak or Cooper? Cooper. Okay. I mean, which he is, because I think Jerry said Dak's not going to be available for the Eagles. Great. I don't think he should be. (laughs) I guess people are – Yeah, people are saying, like, okay, so – if Cooper goes in and they beat the Eagles, and say they beat him handily, say 24 to, you know, 15, that, is that enough? You're beating your division rival. You're taking over first place in the division. He, technically, they say, well, he hasn't really beaten anybody. You can say the same thing about the Rams. I mean, the Rams, they're struggling, the two and three. So are they the team that won the Super Bowl? Hell no, they're not. But if you go in and beat the hottest team, arguably, in the Philadelphia Eagles, that's got to be a statement somehow. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, picketing for Cooper Rush to stay starter. I know who the better athlete is. But it does, it's, a lot of times it's like it doesn't mean the better athlete should always be the first option. Correct? Right, right. And to, to go back, to go back to your uh, Shane Falco reference. Um, so the thing is, the team rallies around both Dak and Rush. Whereas in that situation, the other guy was a complete a-hole. He didn't want to work with his teammates. He didn't gel with them at all. He didn't want to. He didn't have any sync with them. But Dak has the respect of this team. Cooper Rush has said this is Dak's team. And again, this all comes down, like you said, like we've all talked about, we know Dak has more talent and ability than Cooper Rush. But ultimately, it comes down to health, let's say. Um, so he's not playing against the Eagles. Let's say against Detroit, he doesn't look good. Uh, yeah, you pull him if he really, if he his accuracy is really off, and especially against that Detroit defense that can't that can't defend anything right now. Um, I think they're allowing the most points in the NFL right now to opposing offenses. Yeah, but um, yeah, but if he starts looking bad against Detroit, yeah, I think you let him rest. You because something's not right. Like if he's just not accurate, he's not playing well. Because that even that Tampa opener, he barely played. Uh, he he barely got cleared because he hurt his ankle or something right before that game was about to like, like in practice, like three days before the game or something. And he still went out there and played and you could tell he was a little hobbled by that. Um, But 
no, like Dak, Dak is, is going to get this job back when he returns and when he's healthy enough and uh, it is his job and Cooper rush. I mean, the, this Cowboys defense is elite. Let's just go ahead and say that caused two forced fumbles against Stafford sacked him like 10 billion times. Um, and the Rams O line's really bad. They look like a shell of themselves. Uh, they still can't run the ball. Um, but that's not to take anything away from the Dallas defense. They did a great job, but Cooper Rush, like you said, he only completed 10 passes, only threw for 100 yards. He does not have the athletic ability that Dak does, and Dak just brings more to the table. There's a reason why Cooper Rush hasn't started much for the Cowboys uh, when Dak was out on the field because they know Dak is the more talented quarterback. He has more to bring to the table. He has the team's respect. Um, and I think they can protect Dak and uh, Kellen Moore can protect Dak by having a more run uh, run game oriented game plan. Uh, Pollard's playing really well. I think they should go 50 50 um, with the touches there, with the carries. Um, Zeke is okay, but Pollard has so much more burst and energy. Um, but yeah, no, this is Dak's, this is Dak's gig uh, to lose. And I don't see him, I don't see Rush taking over once Dak does come back. But at the end of the day, it's, it's going to come down to health. So who's the, okay, so they're playing the Lions, right? Right after the Eagles. Is that? Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, man, again, this is this is the what if scenario that that I love to talk to you guys about because, it, I, I mean, we we go down the rabbit hole all the damn time, and we're gonna go down the rabbit hole right now because, think about it, you come back against the Lions, say say the Cowboys beat the Eagles, whether it be great. You know, a great win, you know, like it's a 24-15, which I consider I consider that a monumental win by that margin. You know, nine points would be a margin uh, a huge monumental win for them. Or they win, you know, 13 to 10, or you know, 12 to 10, or something like that. Some dumb score where you're not getting a whole lot of offense and Cooper looked good and you know, he's what a lot of people consider just a game manager. Either way, they get the win. Dak is healthy. He's, you know, 90%. He comes back. They're going against the Lions. Lions jump out 14-0. Lions jump out 10-0. Lions jump out 10-3. Whatever. The offense just isn't moving. Everybody has scored on the Lions this year like if they were a hooker off Cherry Street. They have been scored on a lot. They are the porn stars of the NFL right now because they are getting they are getting you know scored on a lot let's put it that way so if the Cowboys can't score with Dak at their quarterback do you ride the whole game with him or do you are you desperate enough it's 14 to 10 fourth quarter eight minutes left you have the ball you go four and out you get the ball back because your defense is stout you do it again, you get four and out, you get the ball back, you're in at three minutes here. Do you take the L, knowing you can't move the ball? That, that's my concern, and it sucks because I'm not a Cowboy fan, but unfortunately, I live in Cowboy country. I really do. So I've got, you know, I've got to think, okay, well, they're going to they're gonna plaster the Cowboys all over my TV because I have to watch it. That's all they show on, you know, the channels. 
I have to wonder if they don't score and you're in desperate situation, do you take the L or do you make that change in the middle of a game? That's something that I, I want to know before we move on to Spurs talk. I got to know that from you guys. Do you make that change mid, mid game? If you can't score on the lions, I mean, the lions, you know, it, you know how bad that defense is. And Shamaya's killing me right now because he's probably, you know, pissed off because I'm talking bad about the lions, but they can score. The lions can score. <laughs> yeah. The lions can score. They can score points, but they also can't stop the offensive either. But what do you do in that situation? Rock, do you want to go? Yeah, I think in, in a hypothetical world, you know, obviously you make that change. But with Mike McCarthy, you know, calling the shots, I just feel like he doesn't have the guts to do so. Plus, in a sense, let's say that happens, right, and Cooper comes in and leads them to come back in, in, in a victory. Can you imagine that locker room divide and that media frenzy that they're going to have to go through? And... Just, you know, you have a good thing going on with Rush and then the whole team and they're winning. But just that divide and the extra drama, I just feel like would drive the whole locker room crazy and you'd have that divide. And that's not something you want. But also, then again, it's kind of a lose-lose situation because, like you said, if they take the L, you might have players saying under the breath, well, if Rush was in, he would have got it. So, hypothetically, I don't, I don't know what I would do. I mean... They're gonna lose some games, and I'm not hoping. You know, I don't. Obviously, I was a fan of any team. Whoever's a fan, you don't want your team to lose. But they're gonna lose some games, and it's just gonna happen that way. But now with Rush having all the success, it's good. You know, I want them to win, and it's very annoying that Cowboy fans whoa, like, they're winning, blah blah blah, and they argue and debate. You know, there's the toxic ones, not us, but like the toxic ones. They get like you know, life or death about the Cowboys. But uh, I think it's just a lose situation, but. They know Dak is a leader, but it's also going to be a lot of scrutiny if he doesn't perform as he should be. Shit, yeah, he's not. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny. Stats tomorrow. Do you make that change? Shamar. Well, I would say no, you don't make that change. Because, number one, no one in their right mind should be bragging about beating Detroit Lions. That's number one. So if they're losing, Dak should lose like a man and just lose because, yeah, there's no there's no golden star for you for being Detroit Lions. That's true. That that's a true statement. Very true. Uh, I think I think in this situation it comes down to. Again, it's circumstances. If Dak doesn't look good as far as like his accuracy, he's not making the throws. Maybe his footwork is not up to speed. Maybe he can't grip the ball properly. <laughs> um, but I mean, if if something physically looks up with him, looks wrong, um, then yeah, I don't mind them taking him out. Especially if it's to me, if it's like if he looks bad and it's like a twenty-one to zero lead for Detroit, um, I don't mind them pulling Dak out because one, it's just visibly, he doesn't look good. Like something is wrong. He came back too early. Um, Now, if that's not the case where maybe they're just out of sync, it's his first game back and they're in like a 10 point, 14 point hole. I think you keep Dak in there because it just, it just comes to how he, how he's looks making those throws, his mobility. Um, and a lot of it could just be nerves, like his return nerves. But if they're down like 21 and he's hobbled, yeah, I can see them making the change. But 
in any, in any other circumstance, I don't see it happening. And you know, the NFC East is pretty tough right now. You've got the Cowboys and the Giants are what, four and one? Uh, and the Giants you, aren't going to. Well, no, but I'm saying they're four and one, technically. Yeah, that's very surprising. I, I, I mean, I predicted the Giants to be the worst team in the NFC East. You know, so did I. I did too. Because you had Daniel Jones, you know, new coach. It's kind of hard with the new coach in the first year. And I, you know, I thought the commanders would be at least third, but the commanders suck, man. And you had Ron Rivera say, you know, what's the difference between all, uh, the three teams and y'all? And he's like, well, quarterback. And then Alex Smith had a really long take on it. And he was saying that it needs to be blamed across the board. But I mean, Ron Rivera is right. Carson Wentz is mid. He's average. He doesn't really lead that team. Yeah. Oh, I'll really tell you is. what, the Colts, the Colts made a mistake moving on from him, though. Um, Matt, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is, is not cutting it. He Matt is Ryan not, horrible, Rudy. he's done, man. Matt Ryan needs to, needs oh, to go. So now y'all guys see it after I've been screaming it from the rooftops ever since the Super Bowl loss that Matt Ryan needs to go. I'm glad you guys are seeing it. And what the sad part is about Matt Ryan, he's actually got an offensive line that can, that should be able to protect him. He's oh, got one know- of the best offensive lines of the game. You know, it's fascinating, though. So I did a little research on that Colts O-line because uh, wow. everyone is like talking about how good it is. And it is good. But uh, I was looking at some stats from last season when Carson Wentz was under center. And uh, so they were number one in run offense, like run blocking. So that's why you got the Taylor exploding, having those wild runs. Like any of his highlights, if you, if you notice, like the whole the holes that the line created were just ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, they were actually one of the worst uh, lines in pass blocking. So really? uh, I think that carried over to this season. And Matt Ryan having no mobility whatsoever, whereas Carson Wentz was able to make things happen with his feet. At least Carson could scramble. Matt Ryan cannot do that at all. So whenever the pocket collapses or there's a bull rush, he just takes the sack or fumbles the ball. He can't get rid of it. And all they have over there is what Michael Pittman and that's it. So, yeah. Yeah. And they they have a rookie too and Alec Pierce, but I mean, I just want to ask y'all, you know, if you just feel like Matt Ryan's on the answer, I mean, they probably do. Do you throw in Sam Ellinger? Um, I mean, just because like you said, at least he has that mobility you saw it in college and he can use his legs to pick up those downs and he looked pretty good in the preseason i mean if you're the colts would you would you throw in throw him in and kind of take the l on the matt ryan signing or or not signing trade i would i think sam elliger would be a good option for the colts but considering the colts i mean i mean the co if you look at the colts overall they're pretty stacked and yeah can Ellinger really get you much more than what Matt Ryan's offering? As I mean, he doesn't have the experience. I'll, I'll give Matt that. He's got the experience. Ellinger doesn't. But wouldn't you want to maybe try to trade for somebody to give you a better chance than what Sam Ellinger can provide? Now, if you ask I mean, me who, I have no idea. I, I, I mean, it sounds like we're both on the same page with moving yeah. on from Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I moved on from Matt Ryan after the Super Bowl loss. I I completely moved, and I was screaming from the rooftops to trade the guy, let him go. You don't need him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, like the the Falcons had somewhat of a support system around him to kind of protect his flaws, like yes. hide his 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 mobility issues. 
But yeah. the Colts, the Colts didn't, I mean, improve in that department from last season. Like you could tell, like the guy's still flustered behind that line. And as the Falcons started falling apart, you could see him getting sacked and throwing picks and getting fumbles. Yeah. It's it's bad. It really is bad. Now, shout out to Shamaya because I've I've worked on a piece and I'm still kind of getting it together, but my team of the future lay it lies in Detroit. I mean, let me let me paint a picture here because we got Shamaya on. So I'm gonna paint a picture for Shamaya. I've been working on it. They have a top five offensive line right now. Probably people didn't know that. They've got a rising defense. Even though it doesn't show it this year, they really do have a rising defense. They're a few pieces away from being really good on the defensive side. But the youth that they have on the offensive side, I mean, Jared Goff is still relatively young. DeAndre Swift, Jameson Williams. I mean, they they have, I mean, I'm on St. Brown as well. TJ Hawkinson. To go with an offensive line that is top five, I know they didn't score anything yesterday, but there's a reason why they're averaging so many points too. And that's to me, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking with Shemaya and Derek, I'm like, man, y'all have a lot to be looking forward to because it's gonna be pretty for the Lions pretty soon here. I, I can I can guarantee that for a fact. It's gonna get really good in Detroit. We're gonna see the old days of, you know, Barry Sanders and all these guys, but before we move on to uh, – we've got Sweeper Keep. We're going to get a Sweeper Keep um, for this uh, show, but we're going to do some quick NBA tidbits here. Just quick answers around the uh, the uh, staff here. But before we do, it is Sweep the League. It's Rudy. It's Shamaya on the Beats. It's Stats. It's Rock. Candace is on Mommy Duties tonight. Derek has the uh, D. Gervin Big Mo Show coming up here in just a little bit on Facebook Live. Don't forget, I am Refocused Radio, Shamaya on the Beat Radio, Baller Boys Podcast. All family with the uh, with sweep the league as well. So be sure to catch all the podcasts wherever they are available. We uh, we put out a little sweeper keep uh, tidbit out there. I don't think we have a winner this week, stats, but we'll do it again. Um, try to get to uh, try to get more people involved in it this coming week. But I don't think we have a winner for this week as well. I mean for this week, but uh, we will have sweeper keep right after this. But going off real quick for the NBA. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Spurs season, hey, it's it's not going to be good. It's going to be terrible. The players, you know, they're they're just players. I mean, we're not going to expect to see any All Stars. If we do, it'll be a really big surprise. Wemby, Scoot, um, those guys are pretty much the uh, the all 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 in game right there. It's that's what you want. You're hoping for that. Um. I really don't want to really spend too much time on the Spurs because we know it's going to be a tough season. Season starts here in a few weeks, actually. So we'll be talking more Spurs as soon as the season kicks off. But real quick, NBA predictions, guys. Do you have a champion that you're looking at? I'll I'll go first. If healthy, just give me the Clippers. I really like the Clippers this year. I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, one, two right there. The, the biggest difference is John Wall. If he stays healthy and gives you 75% of the player that he was before injury, Clippers are pretty damn scary. Really scary. That's my pick. My my pick going into the season. I like the Clippers. We'll just go around the horn. Guys, jump in so we can get the sweeper keep here. Uh, uh, I think uh, I'm going to go with the East. I think necessarily if the Nets can get it together, 
just because of that star power that they can be a team that everyone thought it to be. And coming out of the West, you know, you still have the Warriors. I understand the whole drama and stuff, but the Warriors still have a very good squad. You're getting a Clay Thompson that's going to be, you know, coming back uh, second year off his injury, and he should look better. But a sneaky piece that they got that people were uh, kind of talking about was Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, I feel like he's an upgrade over Gary Payton, but Gary Payton has, has better defense. But I just feel like Demincenzo is another guy that I actually forgot that they, they picked up. And you, I saw him, and, you know, when he played, I understand he was playing in China and he, playing, uh, and he was playing against the Wizards, but I saw him just seamlessly playing out there. And you have James Wiseman just looking even better. That team's going to be very scary, but I, I do agree with you, uh, Rudy, as well. The Clippers are going to be a team to watch. Yes, sir. Who do we got next? Stats or Shamaya? Shamaya, you got it? Yep. Uh, I'll make this quick because Heat, man. Miami Heat. Uh, I think they'll be interesting to watch in the East. Uh, They also got Nikolai. Uh, He's an addition that I think is going to add a lot of value with Kyle and Jimmy Butler and Mr. Bam Bam himself. I think uh, they did pretty decent last year, and I'm looking forward to see what they can do uh, in the East-ish upcoming season. He's got the heat, and that's not a bad pick either. It's kind of one of the sleeper teams that I got there. Stats. Hey, man, uh, thank you for saying Clippers, for like mentioning that, because I've been touting that John Wall signing mm-hmm. so much, and it's such an underrated signing. And like you said, all he has to be is 75% of what he was. Uh, so, yeah, great, great pick there. Uh, another another one out of the West that uh, we cannot sleep on is uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Jamal Murray is going to come oh, yeah. back. You got the MVP, back-to-back MVP in Jokic. Otto Porter's coming back. Um, the team is still pretty good. But um, I am going to go with the East. Um, I am going to roll with the Boston Celtics. Uh, post-drama Boston Celtics they remind me so much of the Warriors no matter what drama hits the fan no matter what happens they always seem to find a way and somehow somehow this team got twice as good this offseason like it's not even funny I don't know how they they robbed whoever they robbed to get Malcolm Brogdon was it from the Pacers? I don't know how they robbed I mean they should find the Boston Celtics for what they did to the Pacers for getting him probably coming off the bench. They got a uh, Danilo Gallinari as well. Great signing there. I mean, I don't even know like how this Boston team is legal right now because they are lethal. Um, and I can see them overcoming the issues and the drama with, with the Udoka situation. Yeah. Uh, but the, another team in the East that I do like, uh, if it's not Boston is going to be Milwaukee. Uh, they really should have gone back to back, but unfortunately injuries happen, but um, yeah, don't sleep on Milwaukee. Giannis is there. Uh, Clutch Middleton's coming back. Um, and Drew Holiday's there, and they got a great supporting cast. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm gonna roll with Boston Celtics, man. Yeah, and I didn't pick my East uh, candidate before we do Super Key. Let me give you my East candidate. Um, you know, just just give me the Orlando Magic. We're gonna go Orlando Magic because I don't really care about the East <laughs> titles coming back. Oh no, place. no Knicks, no Knicks, Rudy. No, you know the Knicks. I, <laughs> I would be able to figure out the problems in the Detroit Lions than I would the New York Knicks because I don't understand anything that the Knicks do. I really don't. But no, if I had to pick the Hawks, dude, with Dejounte, that that's an interesting backcourt. 
that's a very interesting backcourt. I'm excited to kind of see how the Hawks do, but the Hawks are, you know what? The Hawks are that, that's exciting team that is just exciting, but it's not going to go anywhere. Like Rolls Royce on flat tires. Exactly. It's, it's the Rolls Royce and the, like somebody said flat tires, but it's the tires that you buy at Gill's tires down the street, you know, where there's like 90 cars in the parking lot and it's a, it's a rock rock parking lot. And, you know, everybody's outside with the, you know, changing the tires and all that. And they've got the buy four tires and rims for $150 type sale. So spelled with a W. <laughs> yeah. Spelled with a W. Yeah. You got the, the Rolls Royce, but it's a Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah, it, it has a BMW emblem on it. Like, oh, no, don't worry, man. It's, it's a custom, custom Rolls Royce BMW. Yeah. And you got the, uh, the Ford Mustang logo in the back. <laughs> it's, it's the, the NWO Rolls Royce. Exactly. It's a little <laughs> bit of everything. So that's why I don't really like the Hawks in the East. But if I had to pick one, I like the Bucks. I mean, I, I think the Emet thing is going to really haunt this team uh, for Boston for a little while. Uh, I, I don't think they bounce back. I, I think the coach oh, wow. that they have is good, but it's not a he's not a coach that's going to be able to lead these guys to the finals or even a championship. That's just my personal opinion on that. Um, I think it does hurt him without Emet there. So. Now, if you told me they hired, you know, if Brad Stevens was coming back down to coach, you know, for this year until they figure out what goes on. Yeah, all means. Hell yeah. Or if they said, hey, we hired Quinn Snyder. Oh, yeah. Okay, for sure. I would definitely be on the Celtics bandwagon. But you have an unproven coach. And that scares me. Because can he really handle the pressure? Don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, Ime Udaka did in his first year. He, he had a lot of experience, though. A yeah, lot of experience. And look at the system he came from, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. No, no, not the Tony Parker system. We're going to not say that. We're talking about the Greg Popovich system. For those of y'all that might get that joke there. Sweeper Keep is up next. We get, we're on the, uh, on the time crunch here. Stats, what do we got for Sweeper Keep? All right. I'm going to go with – I got one really good one that okay. I want to uh, to focus on on this one. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for the Sweep or Keep segment. If this is your first time listening to Sweep the League podcast, do not fret. This is the segment where all hands go in the air. You're either going to sweep the topic, the tweet, or the opinion, which means you're going to toss it in the trash. You don't agree with it at all. Or you're going to keep it, which means you're going to put it up on your on your mantle over your fireplace and cherish it forever. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's begin. Sweep or keep. Here we go. We have a quote from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he's blasting Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I saw this. <laughs> you saw this? Okay. He's blasting Kyrie Irving over his stance on COVID in conspiracy theories. So here we go. Again, Kareem. He says, Kyrie Irving would be dismissed as a comical buffoon if it weren't for his influence over young people who look up to athletes. Kyrie's thought process is an example of when the education system fails. Gentlemen, sweep or keep. Oh, my God. Yikes. This is a... I I don't really know how to answer this one because... Some of the shit Kyrie says is head scratching. <laughs> I mean, saying that the earth is flat and he really truly believes that the earth is flat, even though you know there are literal 
images of Earth and it's not flat, I, I, okay, so I'm going to keep it on a sense of he says idiotic things. And I will say that Kareem is right. The influence, okay, so he has, a, he's an influence. I'm stuck on this. He's an influencer, yes, but I, I can't. You know what? This this world is fucking doomed. Just go ahead. Somebody else. I can't even wrap my head around this. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm going to kind of keep it, too, because, I mean, he does say weird stuff. Like, you know, he's one of those people that are like, oh, my third eye and all this stuff. But then again, like, <laughs> but, then again, but then again, like, if I'm, like, a team that wants, like, one of the best point guards in the league, it's kind of like, do I ignore it and just let him hoop? So I, if I was a coach, I'd be like, look, dude, like, we'll give you the money, but just, you know, just, just go hoop, man. Like, don't even be saying any of this stuff. Like, I don't know half the, ty- half the things he's saying. Just go hoop. Does he, get, you think he really bucket. believes what he says, though? Like, truthfully, some of the stuff? Oh, yeah. I, I truthfully believe it. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it's not necessarily it's, – it's bad in a sense of what he's saying, but it's not necessarily as bad as what other athletes say that are crazy, like A.B., AB just like you know, tweets the most random stuff. And it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Like AB's bad on Twitter, man. I think it's a troll account, yeah, but it's actually AB. And I'm like, dude, there's something wrong with this guy. Well, no, yeah. I mean, Kyrie is no AB. I yeah. mean, at least Kyrie knows to if you're butt naked in a pool to stay in the pool, not yeah, not show your junk or anything. <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of semi keeping it, kind of sleeping it. You know, just this needs to go just go hoop. I yeah. All right, Shamaya, you want to keep or sweep this? Let's keep this simple. I'm keeping this, and I'm keeping it forever. Number one, uh, Kareem is a legend. He knows what the heck he's talking about. And number mm-hmm. two, we're talking about the same guy who went during a game, during a game, in the locker room to eat some Scooby snacks. So this whole, like, you know, trying to fast and all this stuff. And no, nah, like, I respect Kyrie as far as, like, his ability being the NBA, but also talking about the same guy who played for the Cavaliers with King James. And we all know that big, oh, oops, mishap he did. Y'all remember that pass? Y'all remember that moment of time? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm keeping that. And yeah, I respect Kyrie, but unfortunately he does have his moments. He does, man. He really does. Go ahead, Stats. Yeah, I got a quick question. So is Kyrie just is Kyrie just like a massive upgraded version of J.R. Smith? Oh shit. That's kind of damn. Cool. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, just being with like the weird antics, like because J.R. Smith, okay, like before he completely faded out of like relevance, he had a lot of natural athletic ability. Like the dude could ball when he wanted to. It was so weird. And then he just has all these these strange opinions, these weird quotes that have come out. And it reminded me so much of J.R. Smith and this whole Kyrie Irving stuff, like all the weird stuff he says, all the natural basketball ability that I ha- that he has. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Kyrie is on the same basketball level as J.R. Smith. I'm just saying, like, is he just more like an evolved like a better version of J.R. Smith, a guy with a bunch of basketball ability who just cannot focus. 
I I can I can actually buy that. I think I can buy that because I'm starting to see what you're saying. I can buy that. I definitely can. Now, I mean, isn't Jr. Smith like a golfer in college now? Like the dude, the dude literally is Rodney Dangerfield right back in school, and he's a golfer. He's playing golf for some college. That I guess I give him props because he's back in school. I guess, but I get what you're saying. I mean. Kyrie, Kyrie's from a different world. Let's just be real. So the, the stuff that he believes and the stuff that he says, I, you know what? I, Shemaya knows this because Shemaya and I have had talks and we've gone, you know, to uh, boxing events, stuff like that. I respect everybody's opinion. You want to say what you want to say. By all means, go for it. You know, you want to believe that, you know, that the sky is green and the trees are blue, whatever, dude. I, that's what really makes you feel good. Then you believe it, but I know the truth. So I'm, I'm going to just stay in my lane. And that's kind of why I have a problem, I guess, with Kareem in a small sense. It's like, just let him be, man. You know, you have crazy motherfuckers all around the world. Just let him be. If he got one for you, light is dark and dark is light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're gonna argue with you. <laughs> light is dark as dark as light. I'm like thinking about that. I'm like, how is that true? <laughs> I, and you know what? It could make sense. We we could be wrong. I mean, for all we know, the the sky is green. I mean, they 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 were just colorblind. <laughs> yeah, we're just colorblind. I mean, we don't really know of shit. I mean, I mean, I, the Earth is flat on a sheet of paper. On, it is or Instagram. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We're in a simulation, Honestly. man. I, you know what? Okay. We're going to leave it at this. For you guys out there, for all the listeners, you've made it to the end. Retweeted all of us or some of us here on this sweeper keep. And I'm going to say whoever's retweeting it, the first one or two people to retweet it, We'll send you a sweep the league T-shirt because that was pretty popular on Jeff Garcia's Locked On Spurs. Um, apparently, someone won within the first like, I guess, hour after it was posted. So, said so that was pretty quick. We're, we'll give away to the first couple people that retweet your opinion on Kyrie Irving, tagging us on it, whatever you know. But just keep it clean on Twitter, please. Tag me in it if you need to. Um, we'll give you a sweep the league shirt. We'll get with you. Send you a sweep the league shirt, but. I like ending it on this because now you you knuckleheads are going to make me go to bed wondering if Kyrie is right on all this, on some of this shit, actually, because I know the earth isn't flat, but could the sky be green and the trees be blue? That's is that possible? Who knows? Only if you're playing jazz music. Oh, see, now you're bringing in something else that I've heard that that color thing with your music, right? I forgot what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. He knows what I'm talking about. Where yeah, color music determines color or something like Jesus Christ. This is going to be a whole new podcast. We can't get in it anymore. <laughs> for stats, for Rocky, for Shamaya on the beats. Uh, this is Rudy Crazy Eyes Compost right now because my eyes are batting really fast trying to figure all this out. Candice Avila will be back with us next week. She was on Mommy's Duty tonight. Sarah Gervin, he's got the D-Gerv and Big Mo Show right now on Facebook. Go check it out. Follow us until we sweep the league again next Monday. We'll see you guys soon. Oh, yeah.